When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is the Tom Bernard Podcast. Listen live weekday mornings, 8 to 9.30, or anytime you like as a podcast on the Tom Bernard app at TomBernardShow.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, Tevin, I do agree with you. Honest to God, I just, uh, I know that AJ was talking about it. He thinks that intro sucks, and you and I were going to argue with him about it. But I think I agree with you that yeah, it sucks. We need a new one. Yeah, I mean, hey, there's two different sides of the fence. I cha- I, I'm standing on my side. We, so far this morning, before the show even started, we have trashed all three of us on the backup yeah. Yes. Yes. Yep. Just trash, trash the piss out of everybody. Yep. And, hey, now let's do a show, shall we? Yeah. What do you say? Yeah. It's like one of those Wild West standoffs where everybody's pointing yes. down at the other person. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, unfortunately, a couple of sad things to report this morning. My aunt Muriel, the last, my last living aunt, died yesterday. She was a sweetheart of a woman, married to my uh, my father's brother, Eldon who died about a year ago, maybe even a little longer than that now. Hey, the way I look at things now, I go, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, I looked up, it was like 17 years ago. It's like, Jesus. Jeez. But yeah, my Aunt Muriel, just really, really wonderful. So the entire Barnard family over there, uh, all the best to you. I just, uh, I thought the world of her. I, I think you know that. Uh, Muriel was a very, very nice woman. No question about it. Just always very, one of those people is always very sweet. At least to me, anyway. Yeah, there's always, it feels like, one of the, at least one of those in every family. Like, I had a great-grandma who yeah. her whole, like, sole purpose later in life was she just showed up to bake us cookies and make us hot chocolate. And that's all you ever saw her do. She was always happy, never upset. So it's, it always sucks to lose people like that. It does. There's no question about it. We'd sit around, and, although the last time I talked to her, and it was so very sweet, she had gotten, I didn't look... Uh, at the Star Tribune to see how old she She had to be up around 90-something. Because I think Eldon was into, well into his 90s when he died a couple of years ago or last year. But um, the last time I talked to her, she didn't really know who I was. Mm-hmm. Like Sid, last time I ran into Sid Hartman, he had no idea who I was. That oh, does yeah. happen when you get up there in the 90s and 100 and all the rest of it. Oh, yeah. But it was kind of cool in a way. And the, this is the only reason I even bring it up, that the fact that she, she didn't know who I was at first. Because I called her to, you know, check in on her and all that stuff. And she goes like this. Okay, who, who, are, who are you? 
Tom, Tom. Oh, are you that radio guy? <laughs> <laughs> Didn't remember that I was her nephew. Just remembered that I was on the radio. And I don't think she made the connection between the, the Tom she was related to and the Tom Bernard on the radio. I'm not really sure. Yes, Auntie. I'm also your nephew. But Muriel, we'll miss you. You're a wonderful person, a lovely person. Always liked being around you. The other big hit we took yesterday, he was he was somewhere between a friend and an acquaintance. So he's more than an acquaintance, but you know, not quite a friend because I only he came in and did the morning show very uh, several times with me. He did the podcast with the family several times. He was a good friend of Ron Rosenbaum's. You remember Ron Rosenbaum, yeah. right? He's a good friend of his. That's how I met him in the first place. But uh, Richard Lewis died yesterday. Yeah, that's a that's a tough one for me, man. I thought that guy was hilarious. Yeah, the uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm star, correct? Yes, sir. Richard, God, he was funny. When you would be in a car with him going along, I, I could not drive because he would make me laugh so damn hard I could not drive a car. He was just one of those guys that could just come up with these quick pops, man. It was just unbelievable how good he was, you know? And the weird thing about that is, like, the most recent episode, the newest episode of uh, Kirby Enthusiasm, him and Larry are playing golf in a scene, and Larry's got this whole shtick about how he, like, listened in on a, on a golf lesson, so now he knows about this thing, like, vertical drop, right. horizontal, and he's like, whatever. And then they change the subject, and he's just, you know, Richard's like, hey, I wanted to let you know, um, I changed my will, you're going to be in it. And then they have this, like, two-minute back and forth, he's like... I don't, I, don't want, I don't want anything from you. I got enough money. If you give me money, I'm giving it to you. He's like, you're my friend. You're my close friend. I love you like a brother. Like, but yeah, I said, like, not even a week ago, brand new Curb episode talking about yep. Richard putting Larry David in his will and then less than a week later. Wow. That is unbelievable. It's crazy. I mean, it is crazy, absolutely crazy. But if you never got a chance to meet him, he was just a sweetheart of a man, very giving, worked his ass off, was incredibly funny. Just a really good. I think he made some people nervous because he was so sharp. They didn't want to expose him, themselves to him because he was really bright. <laughs> so he could go after anybody. Mm-hmm. But I just, I really enjoyed the hell out of it. There's no question. So, Richard, Muriel, good luck in heaven or where the hell ever you are, right? There yeah. you go. <laughs> I don't know. It's just. You find that out last night before you go to bed, and you think about it all night. It's we lost a lot of people. Like obviously, we're talking about Moon a short while ago, and several other people. It just it's one of those situations, man. You're gonna get nailed about once a month. You're gonna lose somebody that you know or love or whatever. Isn't that and that suck? Yeah. What is that? Yeah, it's one of the unfortunate things about getting old is seeing people that you care about around you start to pass away. Yeah. Or if you grew up in North Minneapolis, get shot to death when you were 16. Yeah, you that know, too. That, too. that part, too, yeah. was very difficult to put up with. I still, as far as death is concerned, I still love the fact that my father, who never liked me, treated me like shit my whole life. When he was on his deathbed at only 60 years old, he called for me. And I'll never understand why he did. And then once I got there, I realized why he wanted me, because I'm the biggest guy in the family. He's there. He weighs about 80 pounds, got tons of tubes running up his nose and down his throat. He's going he's gonna to be around for about another 10 minutes. I mean, it was just, I guess he lived a few more days after that, but I will never forget. He pointed to this chalkboard and a piece of chalk. He wanted to write something. And the whole time he was writing, I'm thinking, I wonder if he's going to apologize for being such an asshole to me my entire, 
from first, uh, excuse me, from one year old to seven years old. I wonder if he's going to apologize and say, hey, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have treated you that way, and blah, blah, blah. So I'm thinking, and I take the, the, the board face down, and before I turn it over, I think once again, what is this going to say? Why did he call me? He's never liked me, but he called me specifically to come here. So I think it's got to be, Tom, Tommy, I'm sorry. I shouldn't treat you the way I did. I flip it over, and it says, get me out of here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, so you, got, you call your biggest son so I can carry you out of the hospital? Is that what it got to make a break for it. <laughs> got to make a break for it, Tom. Yeah, he lived about three more days, and that was about it. But, you know, what are you going to do? I know this. We have to take a break. We've got a very, very busy day. A lot of good people on the show today. I mean, not Judd Zolgad, but uh, I suppose we could be, we could kind of go, God, we're so lucky to have you. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, you ramp up the day. You start low, and then you finish yeah. on high. It gets, I it gets better that. by the segment. Yep. <laughs> I mean, look at this. You start with Judd, so you're down here somewhere. So yeah. Off camera. Yeah. Right here. Yeah, right there. Yeah, he's off camera. Yep. Right. <laughs> Then you got Chris Eggert, so you can kind of see the knuckles right yep. there. Mm-hmm. Uh, then you got uh, Robert Burrell, so that goes way up here, we so jump. you can't see that. Way jump. Uh, Sotheby's, Matt, and Chris, and same thing. It goes up way up here, you can't even see it. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we drop like a rock again when we get to Kristen Burt. So, you know, yeah, that's the whole thing. But we're packed today. Yeah, we're loaded. It's the circle of life. It's like a good playlist. You start slow. Bangers in the middle, just absolute mm-hmm. jams, and then we're going to end with like something really sad. Yeah. <laughs> exactly right. It's exactly what we're going to do. Uh, we got to go to break here, but once again, Muriel, Richard Lewis, I thought the world of both of you. Like I said, Richard was not a friend, but he was an acquaintance. I met him several times. I, he was, what do you call it when you're acquaintance and you like the guy and he, he talks? I guess you're not, not really, you're not really quite a friend. What would that be? Your pals. Yeah. Yeah, pals. That's a good yeah, way to put pals. it. Yeah, your pals. So we'll be right back. Richard, Muriel, God bless you. In addition to having the best selection in town, KNL Surplus and Ammo also can help you sell your firearms safely and worry-free. If you've inherited a collection of firearms from a loved one and don't know what to do with them, or if you have guns you're no longer using, call Jim at KNL Surplus and Ammo. Jim can help you sell those firearms safely through consignment and auction. I know Jim. He's extremely knowledgeable, and I am not exaggerating there. He is extremely knowledgeable about firearms. He'll help you get top dollar if you want to sell your stuff. He will help you explore all the options and take the work and stress off of your shoulders. K&L Surplus and Ammo is on Lake Drive and Line of Lakes and open Tuesday through Saturday. You can also visit them online at www.klgunstore.com. Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Well sung, I thought. You think that was Michael Bryant singing that jingle? You think? Maybe. 
When you go to a restaurant, you expect the chef to be an expert. You expect your auto mechanic to be an expert when it comes to fixing your car. You judge them both by the results of their work. Josh Arnold is an expert in investments and planning your financial future. Josh Arnold is my expert, and he should be yours, too, and I'm very serious about that. You do need an investment guy who knows what they're doing. I've known Josh for quite a while, and he does a hell of a job. I talk to Josh every week, as a matter of fact. He understands the market, the economy. He knows how to plan for your retirement, so don't put it off another day. The man with your plan is Josh Arnold. Call Josh now for a no-obligation 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll have an expert planning and managing your financial future. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That's 952-925-5608. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, Security Investment Advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard's a paid endorser. You're listening to the Tom Bernard Podcast. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. We're back. Score North Judd Zolgad joins us. I did not pay attention to sports at all yesterday because a couple of deaths, uh, you know, Richard Lewis, who was a pal of mine, died. Again, wasn't a friend. We, were, we figured it out. Actually, AJ figured it out, that, that we were not just acquaintances, but we weren't as much as friends. So we're kind of pals is a good way to put it. And you know? unbelievably funny guy. Oh, God, My God. he's funny. That's a, yeah, that's a, that was really sad. You could walk down the street with Richard Lewis, and he would have some very funny, smart-ass thing to say about every house, every car that goes by, every street light. I mean, my God, he was clever. Well, and and the whole, uh, his, I guess now, last act with Curb, I mean, I don't, yeah. I don't, don't know how, how much you watched that, Tom, but I, I mean, he, he and Larry on Curb Your Enthusiasm, you could just tell, like, like you could tell the genuine fondness that they oh, had yeah. for yes. each other and the absolutely spectacular way that they that they would just basically know what was coming. Yeah. So the ad lib part was just so yep. natural. Is a that's a huge loss. Richard Lewis, tremendous yep. talent, no question about that. We'll uh we'll enjoy your work forever, Richard. There's no doubt about that. So, you know. So what else happened in your world, Pally? Uh, not too much. Not too much. To, uh, Wolves, I think, trailed at one point to start the game last night. 14 nothing to Memphis. Didn't matter one bit. They uh, won. The Twins got blown out in spring training. But again, I would urge you not to even look at the score. And that, <laughs> Why are you looking right at me when you say that? And that's about it. Because I know, I know sometimes you look at the scores and you're like, oh my God, the season's falling apart. It's over already. It's There's not, no yeah. chance. There's, there's screw. They're gonna finish last in the central. So I'm just trying to help you here. I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to bring some calm uh, on scores that don't matter. You know what's great about that though is it's, it's proof. It's like living proof. My love of the Minnesota Twins and how when they fail, it pisses me off to no end. Mm-hmm. It's the same way I feel about human beings. If I'm always nice to you, it means I don't really care for you. You know. Okay. Yeah. That's true. I mean, it's all side. With me, if I'm a friend of yours, you're getting all sides, and that's just how it is. And that doesn't mean that everybody I'm nice to all the time. I mean, some of them, I don't even know them, so I'm nice to them because I don't even know them. So, you know. Right. You're deciding. Exactly. It's a good, very, you. very good way to put it. There's yeah, no you're, not gonna, you're, you're not going to give crap to people that you, uh, that you don't like, want to in- interact with and are forced right. to. Right. It's not right. nearly as much fun. They go away quicker if you just act like, yeah, okay, thanks. 
Okay, good, good to see you. Huh? Yeah, nice great to see you. To you. <laughs> great to see you. Fantastic. Great catching up. Bye. Indeed. So uh, we got baseball. They lost again. We got uh, basketball. They came back and won. Did they not? Did they trail? Did they trail or did they get close? Is that how it happened? In basketball? Yeah. Oh, they they trailed. They got they to, did. Well, okay, they, to so. start the to start the game. They gave up. I think it was the first fourteen points. Whoa. Uh, but Memphis is uh, a team that has injury problems, and oh, they're yeah. not that great. So the Wolves came back and won. The Wolves. I mean, it's the more the more you watch them. I mean, they got the talent, man. They got the talent. They do. There's no question about it. it. Could be a it, fun spring. What's really funny about that is like the first really really mild winter that Minnesota's had in about 25 years. And uh, the Timberwolves are winning every game, so it's like the double bonus. Usually, use the Timberwolves to get through winter, you know. Oh yeah, the, get through the horrible yeah, weather. It's like by spring watching. trainings here now, right? Spring, right. We got right. through it. Spring trainings. <laughs> no, I mean it is. I, I I keep marveling at the fact that and and look, they could they could beat themselves. Like there's things that mm-hmm. they do that drive you crazy, right. but just as far as the talent that they have on that team and the ability, I keep marveling at the potential. Like, if they put it together, yep. it sort of reminds me of uh, what would, I guess, I'm trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a comparison. Um, The 98 Vikings is too strong because that team was so good. But you know what? It's a little bit like, probably, the 91 Twins to a certain degree. Because that was a really good team. Yep. The 91 Twins were, the 87 Twins were a great story and it was great fun. But I don't think anyone until they actually were celebrating the World Series was like, this team can win a World Series. Right. 91 was a hell of a ball club. Yes, indeed it was. There's no question about it. I just, uh, I said, oh, you know who I had dinner with last night? You guys probably know both of them. Okay. I had a little Italian. You know one thing I love about Italian food? I weighed in yesterday, and I had dropped a couple of pounds, right? Right. I went and ate Italian food last night to get on scale. I gained three pounds from eating pasta. It's like, oh, God, yeah. Come on, God, what are you doing? I mean, pasta's, it's not real, obviously, but you hold on to it. Pasta's the death of me, man. Yeah. I love it. Just I can stay away from sweets. Yep. You know, yep. no, no problem. I can avoid chocolate, no problem. Uh, but the carbs, oh, and the oh, pasta. I love pasta. Sorry, I, I do digress. Too. No, no, no. It's very important to talk about because I got on a scale this morning. He's like, what the hell? What happened? I, I, ate some, I ate some spaghetti bolognese last night, and it was oh. absolutely fa- And a little calamari, which is breaded, which doesn't exactly help either. But, man, that food is delicious. Really good. So we're out at uh, this place called Stressa, my buddy Claudio. I've known Claudio for 27 years. He owns it. It's a wonderful place. But I'm there with Gary Homan. You remember Gary Homan? He worked at BBDO for years. He was a member. Oh, I remember the name, yeah. Oh, absolutely. He played on the uh, yep. University of Minnesota football team for all, all those years and all the rest of it. And so it was Gary Homan and Coach Glenn Mason, baby. <laughs> oh, no kidding. <laughs> yeah, I had dinner with Glenn Mason last night. Th- he is a great friend. I, both of those guys. I love those guys. They're, we went. So this is when, you know, when Mason had the, the team really cooking there for a while. He really did. Yep. And BBDO was kicking ass. The KQ Morning Show was kicking ass. So the three of us would get together. And but you know what? Because I haven't seen Glenn in about since COVID, I think. It's been about five years since I've seen Glenn, right? He's a good, great friend, but I just people didn't go out much, right? Right. So, you know, you run into him, and he just – I might have brought up another 
football coach in the at the college level to him that I cannot stand, and he was very play, patient about it. He goes, "Well, I can see your point." You know? <laughs> he never went after the guy himself. He just kind of went, "Okay, Tom, you're a little off the deep end now. Relax." I think I know who you're talking about. Yeah, you might. I think he's a dreadful coach. I'm sorry, he's nothing but showboat, pain in the ass. He's never won. Has he ever won anything? Well, two thousand. Uh, well, I, Fleck in two thousand nineteen, they put together that nice year. But but his problem is that he is an atrocious game coach. Yeah, he really is. In game, he's one of the worst I've ever seen. Terrible. And, and, and he doesn't improve. I know. No, I just we talked about, but but Glenn Mason was very courteous. He's like, well, I, I guess I could see your point. <laughs> you like, know what's funny? <laughs> I I've got a, a dime store theory about Glenn, and I don't know Glenn well at all. I've 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 come across him a few times, but anyway, my theory about Glenn is this: because of the change in Glenn from his coaching days to, yeah. to now, and and his career arc, I I think our mutual friend Lou Nanny. Got a hold of Glenn. And oh, yeah. Said, and yep. said, you don't have to be so prickly, Glenn. Yep. You know what? People in Minnesota, first of all, they forgive and forget. Like, like we love to, like, take a person that we might not be high on. But then they're nice to us, and we're like, oh, no, we're sorry. We love you. And <laughs> and Glenn got the job here, what, downtown, right, in the business community. Like, he took the now, – now, Louie was always loved, so that's the difference. Yes. yes. But that being said – he sort of took the Louie path into becoming sort of, uh, a junior, a junior Louie. Yeah, he did, and they're very good friends, by the way. So it's, yeah, it's a good observation. But I mean, you know, because like he couldn't, you know, when when Glenn was coaching here, it was always bristly with the media, right? Pretty except for me, he was always really yeah. nice to me. Well, <laughs> probably because probably because that by that point at KQ, you probably didn't talk too much go for football though. Well, that's probably true. Yeah, I mean, that's like I said, we had a 30-some share, 35 share, or whatever the hell it was. So we just kept th- – those were the days when you open the mic and go, whatever comes out, comes out. I just don't care. <laughs> that's got to feel good. <laughs> oh, that's got to feel damn good. It does indeed. But I want people to know, by the way, that uh, Gary Holman you – know, again, I did uh, Chrysler commercials for BBDO for years with Gary Holman. He's just a great guy. Hired me many, many years ago. Yep. Always, he's always been a good friend of Glenn Mason's. Anyway, both those guys I hadn't seen since before COVID. Mm-hmm. So it's what five years now, correct? Yeah. yeah. What 2020, right? Yep. Yeah. Five yeah, so years. March. Four years. March. Four or five years, something like that. Yeah. I am not exaggerating one bit. Gary Holman and Glenn Mason look younger than they did five years ago. What the hell is that? Well, getting out of coaching is going to yep. be a lot yeah, less stressful. So it probably de-ages Glenn a little bit. <laughs> yep. Yeah. yep. That's very true. Which Great point, Kevin. I, I always love hearing his stories about when he was on the road recruiting and coaching just because he, like, he, there was one I heard he was uh, recruiting a kid and he was very attached to his girlfriend. And he was like, I'm always skeptical to recruit kids that are have a girlfriend because they're going to be thinking more about getting back to her for the weekend than they are about what's going on in practice. So hearing right. some of his – just outlandish theories and how he put together a team is great. I think that stuff is wonderful, though. So yet again, and I look at that, you know, because like I said, I found out yesterday that I, I lost an acquaintance and I lost a relative yesterday. Didn't wow, feel sorry. that great, but getting together with both of those guys, Glenn Mason and Gary Holman, it was just a dream come true. They look phenomenal. We laughed our ass off. People just, they kept coming over because they brought all this food. Well, of course, they brought all this food because they gained three pounds of eating one meal, which 
should be impossible, I would think, <laughs> but it wasn't. But I am so lucky, all the different people that I've met in my career and my life and all the rest of it. It just, I'm a very fortunate person, I will tell you that. No, that's awesome. That's awesome. Wonderful. Question for for you, going back to um, uh, the death of, of Lewis. Um Paint for me the picture in the 70s of, of that group of guys who oh, eventually actually, actually got into TV and movies, though. Yeah. Richard Lewis, Belzer. I, I don't know Belzer. if he, but he I mean, was he. Phenomenal. And, and if I'm not mistaken, um, he, uh, yeah, he, he, was, he was prominent as a comedian in the 70s. Who was the guy that used to sub in for uh, Carson sometimes? Was it Bell? Was, was it, um, it wasn't. Bells, or it was. Oh God, I'm, I'm drawing a blank now. To fill in for Carson, God, I don't remember. I, I thought there was but, another comedian that 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 filled in for, but but like, what was that whole scene like? It was un. Okay, Richard Bells. Last time he was in town, he comes in, and he's sitting down, and we're talking. We're on the air. We're sitting down. We're talking on the air about this and the other. He goes, Hey, Tommy, Tommy, I got. I've been working on something. I won't, is it okay if I kind of show off my talents to you? I said, yeah, sure. I said, what are you going to do? And he goes, I do a perfect impression of Garrison Keeler, who's from Minnesota. I said, yeah. yep, he was born in Anoka, Minnesota. Yeah. I know Garrison's a great guy. I still should, I, got, I should get him on the show, actually. He's a great guy. Uh, but he, I said, so you're, you can do him? He, he said, no, i, I got to be honest with you. And I'm not trying to sound arrogant here, but I, I do a brilliant impression of Garrison Keillor. said, okay, ladies and gentlemen, Richard Belzer as Garrison Keillor. I woke up that morning and I looked out the window at the farm on which I lived and I saw a rooster that took a garden hose and shoved it up a pig's ass. I'm like, I don't know that Garrison would have told that story, uh, to tell you the truth. <laughs> I think you might have missed a point or two there, Mr. Belzer. Lost him, what, about a year ago now? Yes. He about a year ago, right? He did. Very so it's everyone that I meet just dies. Is that the plan? Well, you know, time takes its toll, I guess, but well, that is sad stuff. Oh, you know who I was th thinking of? Uh, David Brenner. Oh, David Brenner's phenomenal. Because he, he was in that same time yep. period. Those guys were so incredibly funny. I know we only got about a minute left, and it came up yesterday, but, Judd, I want to get your take on this. Seattle Comedy Club shuts down four acts because they didn't believe that your jokes fit in with the views of the people in the city of Seattle. So they canceled, including Jim Florentine, who's one of the funniest guys on stage you'd ever want to see. They canceled four shows because their politics, while they were doing their, their comedy, were not right. Then why are you a comedy club? Exactly. Right. That's the whole point of comedy. Jesus. Right. It's like the last form of free speech that genuinely exists in the world. And also do your research before you book them. Like I don't book AJ without knowing what he's about to go up on stage to say. Don't add that last part. You just told me I don't book AJ. That's yeah, all you, you just said. basically <laughs> just poor AJ. I mean, he had this great act going. But it is bizarre. You think about the whole point it. of comedy is to push the envelope. Yes, mm -hmm. absolutely. Like that's why it's there. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to border on offensive. Like if you if you're going to not book acts or or cancel acts, which is worse, then you should just close your comedy club. It's not a comedy club. Because right. you don't agree with my politics, I cannot hire you. What is right. wrong with you?
Well, yeah, that's that, that defeats the whole purpose of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It absolutely right. does. And we don't all live the same life. We are going to have different views on certain things. I cannot think exactly what you think because I didn't. I'm not you. I didn't live your life. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes no sense. That 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 literally is one of the stupidest things I've mm. ever heard. So you're going to gear your comedy club towards a specific form of commentary, which means that you don't have a comedy club. You have yeah. a cult. Yeah, you have like a yeah, cult or a city council meeting. Like Yeah. That's... <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that's is exactly sad. right. Well, I've never been to Seattle, and I highly doubt that I'll ever go there now. I, will, I cannot stand the people that do things like that. Let him be funny. If you're so offended, then don't go see him. Well, right. How about that? Well, and you know that, yeah, exactly. I was going to say if it's because they had sold zero tickets. No, mm-hmm. they were all sold out. Okay, well, that's, that's yep. BS then. That's yeah. complete BS. Well, it's absolutely. Jim Florentine could not be a nicer man. He's a great guy. He's very funny. Crank Yankers, I thought, was funny. I don't usually like stuff like that. Yeah. But because Jim Florentine did it, I thought it was hilarious. Yep. So I don't know. I should probably reach out to Jim Florentine. Uh, yeah. We should probably get him on to talk about that. That'd be great. Yeah, well, he's been quoted saying like he doesn't really care. He's glad that he didn't have to go no. up in front of that crowd. And then other right. comedians have come out and said they wouldn't be surprised if this comedy club closes down soon just because this is Good. kind of the straw that breaks the camel's back. And I guess it's been, yep. a, been a poorly run club and kind of a, uh empty <laughs> club for a few years now. Well, I know we got to go, so Judd, I'm sorry, but i got to tell you that you and I disagree on th- some things in sports, so I just can't have you on anymore. Because you don't agree with me, so get lost. I've been shut down. I've been shut down. I'm like a Broadway. I'm like a Broadway play that lasted one night. I have a question. As we do go out, yeah. How do you ever learn anything if you already think you know everything? <laughs> That's your parting question. Yeah. You know how long we could sit here and talk about that, and that, <laughs> yeah. and that, and that exact, and that's uh, that's exactly what's wrong with the country. Well, it is what's wrong with the country. There's no doubt about that. I just love the fact that a guy comes up, stabs another guy to death. They'll give the name of the guy who was stabbed to death, but not the guy that stabbed them. They want to keep his information private. You're protecting a murderer. Okay. That's oh, great. boy. You know where it all started? It all started when the generation of parents came along that told their children that everything they did was right. That's and, correct. And, and decided that everyone gets a trophy. Yep, everybody gets a trophy. Except for if you're funny, then you don't get a trophy. You're out of the mix. How can you trash comedy? It's, it's wonderful. This world without comedy, I couldn't even live in this world without comedy. I couldn't. And it's supposed to be offensive. <sighs> yes, absolutely. All right, Judd, well... I'll try to hang in there till next Tuesday when I'll talk to you again. Uh, yes, yes, you know, no problem. I will plan on coming back, but but if AJ or Kevin <laughs> inform me that I have been that, that I've gotten the hook, the gong show hook, <laughs> the, the cane has come out, I will understand. Just remember, he looked out the window and saw a rooster shove a hose up a pig's ass. Which, how do you even come up with a line I would expect like nothing less yeah. from Belzer. Well, that's true. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. You knew you were being set up. You knew it.
<laughs> See you guys. See you. See you later, Joe. Thank you, sir. Take care. Bye. We'll take a break. Be right back in a couple of minutes. The, the joy continues with Chris Eigert right after this. Mike Lindell and MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance and new product sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code TOM. And you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0. Also get 50% off the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long. Six-pack towel sets, only $29.98. And take advantage of the free shipping on larger items such as mattresses and mattress toppers. 100% made in the USA, on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com or call 800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM if you would, please. And you get free shipping on your entire order, so call 800-516-5146 or go to MyPillow.com and please do use promo code TOM. This is Bob Sansevier, and I want to tell you about Dave Bialki from Bialki Law. Dave represented my wife, Mary, when she had a significant workplace injury. She was very happy with the job Dave did. If you have a work-related injury and have Dave represent you, I'm betting you'll be happy too. Dave is a down-to-earth guy. He grew up in northern Minnesota, rides a Harley, and worked various jobs doing concrete, electrical, plumbing, roofing, and carpentry work. Dave works for people with work-related injuries. If you work construction, or anywhere for that matter, and you're hurt or even just hurting, you should talk to Dave. Let's face it, our bodies wear out. If your body is worn out from work, if your knees or back or shoulders hurt from things you do at work, do what Mary did. Call Dave and talk to him about it at Bialki Law to set up a free initial consultation. The number to call is 763-571-2410. That's 763-571-2410. Or visit BialkiLaw.com. That's B-I-A-L-K-E Law.com. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take personal care dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. You're listening to the Tom Bernard Podcast. God, I will tell you what a wonderful life I have. I just went out to say good morning to Catherine, my lovely wife, who I adore, as you know. I walk out, and the first thing she says to me is, did you hear that Richard Lewis died? I said, yeah, honey, I did hear about that. 
She goes, remember last time he was on the family podcast? I said, yeah, what about it? She goes, he was like babbling on and on and on. You couldn't even understand what the hell he was talking about. And I said, yeah, he was pretty rapid fire at times. You had to really pay attention to know what the hell he was talking about because he could, man, he could go quickly. But, yeah, that was very sad. We, uh, we lose Richard Lewis yesterday, Chris Eggert. What the hell is that all about? That was kind of his thing, though, right? Like he would just yep. fire off, which was made yep. it funny, like almost like stream of consciousness funny. That you, to have that kind of a mind that you could just, you know, fire off like that, very impressive. It, it that definitely yeah. sucks. I was sad to see he died. Well, it's one of those mornings too, because the guy who introduced me to him was Ron Rosenbaum, who was my attorney. Yeah. And he was on my podcast a lot. And then Richard would come in and do the podcast because he and Rosenbaum were good friends. And I got to know, I mean, Richard and I never became best of friends or anything like that, but we were friends. Just a really nice man. Sorry to see it. Yeah. So that's that. Chris Eggert's news. Channel 5's Chris Eggert brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh today for your free 48-minute evaluation, 952-925-5608. Chris Eggert, what's happening, Pally? Well, uh, not much great, to be honest with you. Oh, what a shock. I mean, unless you call the state budget forecast, which is being unveiled right now, oh, exciting news. <laughs> it's important, don't get me wrong, but it's it's kind of a, I don't know, it's, it's a fairly, um, it's kind of a snoozer. <laughs> Do you know that the U.S. government has a bill on the president's desk right now the interest on what we owe is a trillion dollars. Uh, that doesn't surprise me when oh. you think about how and and what's what is what and at the state level it's it's different. Obviously, yeah. it's it's a lesser amount of money, but I, and God bless any politician who's, who comes in at the federal level and says, "I'm gonna." I'm going to balance the budget. Like how could there's you, yeah, no you way. couldn't possibly balance the budget at this point, which is sad because that, that just kind of puts our country behind the eight ball mm-hmm. forever and in perpetuity until we can, I don't know though. How do you balance the budget when you're, we give aid to, you know, everywhere in the world, everywhere and in the world, yep. there's other aid that's still being held up or tied up right now. And um, mm-hmm. the Ukraine, Israel aid and, that's all part of the bigger um, spending bill that I, I did come to an agreement on to keep the government running for uh, until they start talking about it next month. But I still love the fact we've entered a, a, an era in our world where everybody's at war with everybody. And those countries are saying, if you don't support us, we'll attack you eventually. It's going to end up being World War Three. It's going to be horrible. Blah, 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 blah. I mean, what a great time in history right now. It, there's no good news at all. I mean, uh, Caitlin Clark was at the at the barn last night. That's exciting. Okay, okay. yeah. <laughs> it is very, very exciting. Ah. More excited for the opposing team's player to coming in than, hey, our yeah, Gophers right. wins. Um, Never mind, our my, team got beat by yeah, 30. Right. One of my friends was uh, watching the game, and I watched the whole thing, obviously, because I had to go to bed. But he was saying at the end of the game, there was – a camera on um, Caitlin Clark as she was walking around signing autographs, and Goldie was there to get an autograph signed. <laughs> but then the camera cut away from it right as it was happening. Was that's like, very sweet that that would happen. Funny. I thought it's pretty funny. Like, listen, I I got a girls basketball player at home. Like the fact that there's excitement around the sport, I'm glad. Yeah, I, I yeah, like yeah. that. The, I like that she's got swagger. 
And I like that she's got people interested in the sport, you know, beyond sort of just the the parents and, and players. Mm-hmm. So good for her. Yeah, and she's going to kind of prop up the Minneapolis economy here. We're hoping that Iowa, when the Big Ten Women's Tournament comes, yeah. we hope Iowa makes it as far as possible because people are coming specifically to see her. And so that'll help a lot of people out by bringing money in here. It's already sold out, which has never happened before. So really? Yeah, the, the Big Ten Women's Tournament has never sold out before. A couple stories came out in the last few weeks about that. So it's it's sold out, which is a huge deal. And everyone's like, well, it's because Caitlin Clark. So to Tevin's point, we'll see if Iowa gets a little, little run there. would like to see the Gophers do something too, but yeah. one of their best players is hurt, and that's going to be pretty tough for them. I understand that completely, ladies and gentlemen. I, I just, you know, I I think it's great news. I love the barn anyway. I, you know, I know some people don't like that. I love that building because of the, a lot of it has to do with the phenomenal memories I have. I got to play on that court a couple of times, which was so damn cool doing that. And it just, that, it just reminds me of Jim Dutcher and Clem Haskins and some great times for Gopher basketball. It really does. It's wonderful. It's a cool spot. I mean, I definitely get from a, when you try to compare it to other more modern facilities, it's, I mean, it's apples to oranges. Like it's an mm-hmm. old building. And if you're into that and you're into the charm, it's kind of like people who like to live in an old house versus like yes. to live in a, yes. a brand new house. Like they're just, they're not the same thing. And I want you guys to go back because uh, we got Tevin and AJ are too young to remember, Chris, you didn't live in the area, but when the old stadium, the old curved open end stadium was still there, uh, the stadium announcer was a guy named Julie Perlt, who was one of the greatest of all time. I was at a game one time, and he would go, the golfers have the ball on the 22-yard line, first down. He, that's how he did it. He does that whole deal. He goes, golfers have the ball on the 26-yard line, first down. Pause. There's a squirrel on the field. <laughs> what? <laughs> And I look, and there's a little squirrel running across the field. He <laughs> announces, funny. he announces, there's a squirrel on the field. See, I love those memories, man. That's just a great. I think I was like a teenager when that was. Maybe I was in my early twenties, but just those joyous, wonderful memories of Julie Pearl, who, by the way, parted his hair right down the middle. Oh, really? So he looked like you know <clears throat> the new vaudeville band, which was kind of cool. But just the way he handled it, he would talk about anything. Look at this shirt on this guy. I mean, he would bring that up on, <laughs> on the. Uh, it's just wonderful. Yeah. Sorry, I'll get out of your way. I, I'm having, I'm having a lot of wonderful memories this morning. Listen, I, I I like walking down memory lane. I'm a fan. I do too. I love it. No question. So, what? Any other big news? I know you got to go in like yeah. One minute, I, but... I'm not. I don't want to get into it too much because it's an awful, awful story. But if people want to go to our website and read it, there's a guy who is a Vietnam vet using a frickin' walker with his wife uh, at the park in St. Paul and Harriet Island. And um, there was some people taking a leak over the way. He was obviously mad about it. He started getting Mm -hmm. video of them. And a 17-year-old came over and, like, punched the guy in the side of the face. He had to go to the hospital because he wouldn't stop bleeding. Anyway, the dude died. He did. Jesus. A 17-year-old just decked him, 
because all he was trying to do seemingly was like do the right thing and try to like mm -hmm. report somebody who was pissing in a park and probably shouldn't have been. Right. So it's I, that story makes me so mad. It's did they catch the 17 year old or yeah. Yeah. Um, charged with first degree assault, but that could change now because the, because this guy died, it's, yeah. it's still unclear what the injury was precisely that, that happened, mm -hmm. but uh, so I, I may mean, be careful how I say it, but it, it, you, you go look at that story and listen to his widow talk on our website. Yeah. And if that yep. doesn't make you angry about the way things are, I don't know what, what will. Well, the news makes it very, very evident. You can go ahead and punch anybody you want. Well, matter of fact, we'll talk about the guy who got punched, but we won't talk about the puncher. They're opening the door to so much violence, these morons. Hey, don't necessarily just blame the news. Blame I'm the talking people. about the national news, not blame the Blame the people news. who are supposed to be prosecuting yeah, them I, and are I, not doing a good enough job of... Yeah, I would I would agree right. with you, Chris, where it feels like the people that commit a crime and then get the slap on the wrist and go back out, it's like, well, now I can push the envelope a little yep. bit more and do something a little bit worse because I know that I'm not going to be held accountable. It sucks. Matter of fact, it's time for you to punch out. Get it, Chris? I just <laughs> said punch out, right. huh? Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> it's time for Happy you to check out. How about that? Check out. Happy Leap Day, everybody. Happy Leap Day, Pally. February 29th. Happens, what, every four years? Uh, not precisely four years. That's what's oh, really? interesting about it. Yeah. It's not an exact thing. So then every four years, every once in a while, like once a century or some ridiculous thing, they've got to skip the Leap Day to oh. get it back on track. It's this whole – I did a deep dive on it this morning, and like I was like, oh, boy, I, I – I regret even going down that rabbit hole, actually. You know what's amazing is I read this morning that if they didn't have Leap Day, February 29th, if they kept the regular calendar, Christmas Day would be in July this year. Yeah, and that and to that to that point, that's why it was the Catholic Church actually that oh, got was. in oh, and go. sort of put it to where it is today, I was reading. So there because they wanted the the um one of the Roman, I can't, was it C, um, Caesar? I, I don't remember. It was, it was like ancient Rome or Greece. They wanted their calendar to line up with the church calendar to line yes. up with sort yes. of the pagan calendar, which was based on like moon cycles. And it's a whole freaking thing, man. You are correct, sir. So we'll have a I regret even bringing it up, to be honest with you, because my head's spinning again. Okay, don't ever call in again. That's what, just tomorrow we'll just skip right over your segment. Fair enough. There's a squirrel on the field. <laughs> All right, Chris, thank you, sir. Bye. Channel 5's Chris Eggert brought to you by Mr. Money Talk, Josh Arnold. Call Josh today for your free 48-minute evaluation, 952-925-5608. We'll be right back. Robert Burrill will join us right after this. February is the month for love. When is the last time you gave your carpet the love and attention it really deserves? Have you gotten down on your hands and knees and adored how clean and refreshed it was? Or are you scared what you might see or smell, maybe? Not only is your carpet one of the biggest investments in your home, but it's also the biggest air filter in your house. 
Lucky for you, Zero Res is going to spread the love to you and your home with their Love Your Rug special. Get three rooms, zero resified, starting at just 119 bucks and a free hallway. Don't forget Dirt and Dander's favorite hiding place, your air ducts. This month takes 75 bucks off when you get your air ducts Zero Res clean. Call Zero Res right now, 952-ZERO-RES, 952-Z-E-R-O-R-E-Z, or go online at ZeroResMinnesota.com and say you want the Tom Bernard Show special. Protect your employees and customers by getting your business Zero Resified by the pros at Zero Res. Call today for your commercial cleaning estimate. Spell it forward or backward. It spells the same. Zero res. Recently, Jim Paul of Valley Buick GMC was contacted by a company that does on-site sales. Jim was confused. Wait, they don't know anything about us. Our staff, our reputation, most importantly, our customers. Hey, pal, no problem. We do them all over the country. You know, get the manager off the roof sale, inflatable gorilla sale, and our favorite, the 13-hour sale with a giant clock that goes to 13. Urgency, baby. We bring our crew because, well, your people are, let's just say, a little uh, laid back. And the pricing? Nothing special, sport. But Jim thought, we price competitively every day. Our prices are special. We definitely don't need these guys. But sale does convey some urgency, so he made a bold decision for his fine dealerships. Announcing the Valley Buick GMC 365-day sale. And we can even extend it a couple years or so. I got the Air Dancer guy, scratch-offs, plastic keys, bubble machine, Valley Buick GMC in Apple Valley or Hastings or valleycardealers.com. Hurry... Have you enjoyed Minnesota's non-winter this year? Want to enjoy the warmth whenever you want? Two Minnesotans can help you live that dream. Matt Carlson from Realty One Group Destination Key West grew up in Litchfield, Minnesota. Started out helping his friends find homes locally and in Florida. And now he can help you. If you've considered living in the warmth of Florida, now is the time to reach out to your new friend in Realty, Matt Carlson. It's a buyer's market now, and your Minnesotan friend Matt can help you with a new home here or in the Florida Keys. And if you need some guidance with financing, Kristen Eklund from Coast to Coast Mortgage can help. Kristen is Matt's preferred lender, can finance anywhere in Florida, and like Matt, is one of us, as she hails from the Sartell, Alexandria area. So, if you're looking at a new home in Minnesota, or maybe that second home or retirement place in Florida, trust your new local friends. Contact Matt and Kristen. Visit OneKeyWest.com. That's OneKeyWest.com. Or call Matt at 612 791 612-791-2345 and work with local professionals you can trust. This is the Tom Bernard Podcast. There's no doubt about it. Robert, ready to go? Um, he's having a little trouble. He was going to join on StreamYard, so I think he's just going to call it on the phone. So as soon as he is ready, I'll let you know. Oh, he's not going to do StreamYard? That would have been yeah. kind of cool. I, it sounds like he may be having some tech difficulties. Yeah. It'll happen. Whoever has tech difficulties. Right. Yeah. Only everybody. Every single Only day. Only everybody lives. every day. <laughs> it's true. Everybody every day. All right. Yeah. yeah, let me know when he's ready to go because I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, we'll do. Robert Burrill, Comedy Night at 318 Cafe tonight, February 29th from 8 to 10 p.m. Tickets at ExploreTalk.com. That's ExploreTalk.com slash 31... B, or excuse me, it's 318 Cafe. That's what yep. it is. Yes. Now, the 318 Cafe is, where is it? Uh, it's in Excelsior. Excel- oh, it is. Okay. Yep. That's- oh, look at that. Himself. Look who's now on camera, Robert Burrill. Damn spam email. Damn spam. <laughs> that's all I have to say to you. 
All it is, it's the link that uh, Tevin sent me and then about 95 emails from Dean Phillips reminding me that he exists as a human being. Absolutely, there's no question. You know what's so funny about that, Robert, you mentioned, because he called me about, I guess it was a year or two ago when he was running for for office, and he called, uh, actually called a friend of mine and said, do you think Tom would have me on his show so I could talk about, you know, running for Senate? What the hell is he in the House? I don't even know. Yeah, but, whichever uh, one was attacked, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, he came in and sat next to me, and, my, and, you know, we talked and blah, blah. Seemed like a nice enough guy, and at the very end he goes, Tom, would you ever consider endorsing me? I said, yeah, you know what, you're a good guy. I can endorse you. He came over and gave me a big hug. Last time I ever talked to him. Never heard from him <laughs> again. What a politician, huh? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're all the same. I don't care, Democrat, Republican, they're all the same. So yep. you're me now. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the funny thing, too, is that everybody's, uh, and rightfully so, ready to move on from Biden and Trump. And then it's like you look at anyone around right. them and it's all like Gavin Newsom. I mean, Ron DeSantis. Like, It's true. No, yeah, you're absolutely right. about. Now, I do have to read this in a very professional way. I want you to know that. Robert Burrill, hailed by the Minneapolis Star Tribune as the sharpest political commentator on the Twin Cities comedy scene. What do you think of that intro? Oh, that's great. That's a that's a hell of a read. I want that to be my uh, voicemail, if you don't mind. I'm gonna uh, next time I'm there, I'm gonna get a recording of that, and that's gonna. I want everyone to hear that. I want to do this too. I want to do one where I just go. You show your phone rings, and then my voice comes on and goes. The hell do you want? That's not bad. I like that too. That'll be good. You like <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, Robert. Take that, Dean Phillips. <laughs> I mean, he's a nice enough guy, but it's just these politicians. I'm like, come on, man. You know what I really love? Because I spend about, oh, I'd say 30 seconds per per uh, channel on this. I, I tune in and I watch CNN for 30 seconds. Then I watch Fox for 30 seconds. And here's what I heard. You know what? Your guy sucks. Turn it on. You know what? Your guy sucks. It's just, It's like all-star wrestling. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it's commodified news, so it's almost mm-hmm. like, okay, this is news for the left, this is news for the right. So, yeah, I mean, you watch, and it's two separate universes that yes. exist. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I guess uh, BBC's not too bad. I, I don't mind, like, doing the international stuff because I feel like it's less uh, combative. It's just some very pale person that doesn't have enough vitamin C, <laughs> that doesn't speak well. Like, that's, that's the, the problem is the news that's good for you, it's almost like a vegetable. The person looks like a vegetable, right? It's yes. not exciting. It's not sexy. It's it's someone with lupus that isn't happy to be there. Uh, they've nice. lost. They, the two of their colleagues have been murdered that week because they're in the field. And that's that's where you want to get news from. Yeah, that's that's none of that's great news to tell you the truth. I got to be honest with you. I just, mm-hmm. um, I do have to ask you this, and I don't want to take up all your time with it, but I I, I saw you're going to be on, and I went, oh God, we got to talk about this. What the hell are they thinking in Seattle? Did you see the story? Oh yeah, Jim Florentine and uh, and those hell? guys. Yeah, Jim Florentine couldn't be a nicer guy. Oh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I've I've seen some clips and stuff, and I would imagine. And he's, I mean, to to have done comedy since for as long as he has, probably the '90s, whatever. I yeah. mean, yep. You 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 must treat people well. They have you back. You have a career. Like, 
I don't know. This idea that that every single audience member is is going to be so sensitive as to not right. grasp what comedy is at a comedy club. I mean, that's that that's why I love Acme so much is the attitude that Lewis has where it's comedians first and then yeah. If you go there and a comic offends you, well, then that's on you for not looking this comic up and don't I go agree. see that comic again. Like, also, no one's forcing you to go to the show. <laughs> as far as as far as I know, comedy isn't mandatory in Seattle. They didn't pass any law where it's like from Thursday to Saturday, you have to see this comedy show. You know, you could you could see someone else. So it's yeah, it was pretty crazy when I saw that. You know, Robert, you know what I thought of immediately when I saw, we're talking about, ladies and gentlemen, is the Seattle Comedy Club canceled four people because uh, their jokes didn't line up with the political views of all the people in Seattle. So they just got rid of them and just said, you're, you're, you're canceled, you can't come in and all the rest of it. And I just, I was watching that whole situation and I thought, this is basically, they've moved Portlandia to Seattle. I mean, basically. Well, the Portlandia, the show, had a, a tremendous sense of humor. Oh, so it did, yes. I don't, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, well, part of it is the, the you know, the, these, all this talk about equality and stuff on the left, where it's yes. like, okay, well, I'm going to treat everybody equally. This is kind of Dennis Miller's thing. Yep. And it's like, but I make fun of everybody, so I'm going to make fun of everybody mm-hmm. equally, you know? Like, at, no matter what your situation is, we're all a part of the shit show that is life on this planet. So I'm just going to poke fun at people, And, you know, or like Dave Chappelle, like he shits on white people more than any other. So, I mean, I don't know. I think uh, part of it's just to, to signal. And so much of it is just virtue signaling of like, okay, we're, we're with you. Are okay. As if, as if telling a few jokes means you're not with somebody. I mean, when did, every single word a comedian says have to be taken as gospel. Well, plus the fact I loved Portlandia. I think the very first episode I ever saw was they wanted to meet the chicken before they ate it. I thought that was... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the organic thing. They go to the farm and uh, what's his name? Sudeikis is like a cult leader yeah. or something. Yes. Yes. I, I'd be curious what you, know what, a, you know what a fun show would be? Would be taking the few clips that got these comics uh, unbooked from the club or whatever. And then in a very Lenny Bruceian way, like staging this little jury and then the comic can be like, all right, come on like this. Really? You know, like where's the chance to just, cause I guarantee you it's probably some aside. And again, if it's clips, so a lot of comics aren't necessarily posting the, the, the polished stuff on clips. Yeah. and so it's it's half baked stuff, and you want attention because again, it's the algorithm, you know. Like I can't tell you how frustrating it is to like put some time, energy, effort in. You post a clip that's, and then you know it gets fifteen likes and four hundred views, and you're like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? But uh, you know, meanwhile, you give a British accent to a cat, and he's got a TV show next week. Yep. And so yep. you know, it, it, there's no rhyme or reason to this, but. And then it, it gets clip, you know, it gets so they, they post some half baked thing and it, it goes viral, but it's not like, you know, so they if they say if they say trans in it or they joke about lesbians or who knows what was in the clip, I can only imagine. But I mean, you know, Florentine probably gets, you know, Metzger, I think they have decent following. So it's also oh, yeah. like, OK, yep. well, their fans are probably so now their fans don't get to see them 
at that mm. club. Do you it's agree? Ridiculous. We were talking about this yesterday a little bit. I don't think that Don Rickles or Richard Pryor would make it in comedy these days. I just don't think that people would tolerate the fact that they were that funny. Yeah, probably not. And I think it's it's very easy for the left to be like, well, no, they did it a different way or they did it whatever. But if you put, especially, yeah, maybe, yeah, especially Rickles, I think is Rickles, like Richard Pryor mostly went at himself uh, during this set and was very, I mean, he could be obscene, but it was normally uh, the, the fire was always literally was directed at him. Yeah. Uh, yep. Whereas uh, Rickles would just start shitting on people, firing squad style <laughs> in the crowd. Loved Loved and, him. and yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, probably not. And by the way, I'm sure you met Rick. I met Rickles in studio a couple of times. Just could not have been a nicer man in real life. He's just a sweetheart of a guy. Well, and that's the other thing that I think people fail to realize is that that was part of the act of Sid yes. Rickles. Like yes. you, you went to get made fun of. That was part of the experience yep. of it. And and uh, I saw Dennis Miller and Dana Carvey and Kevin Nealon at the State Fair many years ago. And mm-hmm. Dennis kind of talked about that. So they had a lineup of people that would ask him questions. And Dennis would kind of roast everybody that came up to ask him a question right. as part of that tradition of like, okay, no, it doesn't matter what you are or what you believe or anything like that. I'm just going to razz you a little bit. Cause that's just part of the tradition of comedy. And it's like, what are you, you know, it, it, it seems a little, you know, like, okay, so now an entire tradition has to change. And I, I get sensitivities. I get that people are going through stuff, but again, research the comics, right? Like yes, just, yes. okay. If, you know, if, if you're worried about, you know, what's, if there's going to be any ridicule coming your way, then you go see Tignataro, you go see Mary Mack, you go see right, any one right, of a yep. plethora of comics that don't do that kind of style. Yeah, you don't blindly walk into a movie theater, sit down, and then complain that the movie was bad. No, like watch the trailer, yeah. do some research, and then pick the one you want to go to. Especially in 2024, like they'll post clips of the comic. Mm-hmm. You just click on the comic, you can instant more now more so than ever. You find it who's performing, you go to their social media, you're going to find 50 clips of this person, and then you decide whether or not you want to go. Or so, just don't book them in the first place. Like, yes, this is the absolute right. worst case. And, like, it wouldn't have even been an issue if it's, like, you know, if one of these guys, their management, or they contact them, then they look at it and they're like, no, I don't know if it's a right fit. Okay. But to book and then unbook? Yeah, that's, I know. It makes no sense. And mm-hmm. I, to get a little personal about it, uh, looking at it, uh, I had a very, very rough childhood, very poor. My dad hauled away in a straitjacket and all the rest of it. I could not have lived without comedy and music. That kept me going, kept me moving. The fact that I could turn on the TV and laugh at Alan King. He was on mm-hmm. Ed Sullivan every damn Sunday, I think. Comics and and singers saved my life when I was a kid. Very depressed all the time. And if I couldn't laugh at comedians, I don't know where I would have ended up. Comedy is very important. I hope people do understand that. Very important, but also it it doesn't have to be right. I think no, that's right, right. where I, I think at a certain point after like the the Me Too movement and and other things, I think there was like this push from the left within comedy 
where you, the jokes couldn't have targets. You couldn't, yeah. uh, you know, and I, I get the not punching down, but and I, right. I think it led, I think it led to a certain laziness on both sides on the left. The laziness was, well, jokes can't have targets. If you're a, a white male comic, you can't talk about anyone that's not a white male. Oh, and then on God. the right, the excuse was like, well, you can't say anything anymore. And it's like, well, that's not true. You can still right. say like, now you're just, not saying anything like you're talking about how you can't talk about things just just say what you're gonna say because i definitely feel like the pendulum's kind of swung back a little bit more now where i not in seattle i guess but as far as like the content of what you're talking about on stage if it's well thought out and clever you know you're gonna get most people that come with you and you're always gonna have the assholes that complain or are offended or don't get it or whatever but um it's it I, what I love about Chappelle and uh, is, is just that sense of like playfulness and being outrageous and mm-hmm. Bill Burr too, where it's like, I don't even right. agree with this, but let me just follow this train of thought to its absurd final conclusion. And then just kind of, or, or just something that's like so horrible, they can't help but laugh, but they're joking about it. I mean, yeah. that's, yep. that's it. No one's ever died at a comedy show. And if they did, it wasn't, <laughs> you know, because of the material that the comedian right. was performing. Mm-hmm. So Rob, Robert, you got to come yeah. in once in a while, man. There's no doubt about it. Cause I agree with everything you just said. There's no doubt about it. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I just try to, you know, kind of keep my head down and, and do my material, which I think is what I talked about there of being like the, the smart, clever, I, I try to find a take on an issue that's not mm-hmm. right versus left, but more just like sanity versus insanity right. or whatever. And then using that. And so, um, I, th- I think there are ways to go about it, certainly, but it's uh, it's it's kind of frightening a little bit with the, the losing the booking thing, and so it, I think I think with yeah. that it's a little bit harder for the because it's for the left to be like, well, no one ever really gets gets canceled, and so you just Chad Daniels has a very funny bit on his last special about how you don't get canceled, you just change your fan base and stuff. But once you start <laughs> once you start yeah. losing bookings, it's Yep. It's a little disconcerting because then it's like, okay, now I, wh- what do I have to defend? Like how far back are the, if, if someone at that club has an ax to grind with one of the performers, well now how far back within the, the catalog of that comics work can they go to find some, well on one podcast seven years ago, he, he made this joke about right. Uh, right. A, a black lesbian and that's, you know, my friend's a black lesbian. So now we don't want to, you know, so who knows? Can't, I mean, why can't we just go with I'm a black lesbian? I don't give a rat's ass what you think. What's wrong yeah, with that? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like whatever. Mm-hmm. Comedy Night 318 Cafe tonight, February 29th. So you're only going to do this show every four years? Is that the plan? <laughs> yeah, no. It's, uh, it's, I, they don't know, they don't, they're, they're getting started doing comedy. And, uh, and they're like, well, it's a door deal. And I'm like, well, shit, I better promote the fuck out of this thing. So, <laughs> Uh, well, you're always welcome, man. Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate the I appreciate the help trying to get people. I didn't even know where Excelsior was. I had to look it up. I'm like, what kind of magical King Arthur village have I found my Excelsior? This is ridiculous. But yeah, just it's just by St. Louis Park. It's not too far. I'm like, oh, okay. I no, accidentally. No. Yeah, yeah. It's a nice little area. Again, tonight, February 29th, 8 to 10 p.m. Tickets are exploretalk.com slash 318cafe. Robert, I'm very serious. You can come on every day if you want. I love the way you talk. 
Oh, thanks, Tom. I appreciate that. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely take you up on that. Maybe not every day. This is a little early for me, but definitely <laughs> when I'm when I'm gigging, man, uh, consider me consider me on. You're a good man. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Have a good day. We'll take a break. We'll be right back in a couple minutes. We'll talk to Matt and Kristen right after this. When you go to a restaurant, you expect a chef to be an expert. You expect your auto mechanic to be an expert when it comes to fixing your car. You judge them both by the results of their work. Josh Arnold is an expert in investments and planning your financial future. Josh Arnold is my expert, and he should be yours, too. I talk to Josh every week, and he understands the market and the economy, and he knows how to plan for your retirement. Don't put it off another day. The man with your plan is Josh Arnold. Call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll have an expert planning and managing your financial future. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That's 952-925-5608. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC Security Investment Advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice tom bernard is a paid endorser is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed hi i'm mike bryant from bradshaw and bryant when you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds your vehicle travels 100 yards that's the entire length of a football field If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Brad, Sean, Brian. Hey, it's a new year. Why not treat yourself to a new gun from K&L Surplus and Ammo? I personally know Jim, the owner, and I'm not making that up. He's a great guy. He's been, first of all, I don't do commercials for people I don't like. So there you go. But Jim, yeah, Jim's a great guy. He's been in the firearms business for over 15 years and knows how to set you up with the perfect firearm for your needs. K&L offers one of the widest selection of firearms in the region, including Beretta shotguns, Antica rifles. Uh, high school trap teams are starting to form now, and KNL has a great selection of SKB shotguns. KNL has Tika and SKB both in right and left hand models. KNL also has a broad range of ammunition, including both American and European calibers. If you have a collection of guns that you'd like to sell, call Jim at KNL so he can help you get the best price through his network. KNL Surplus and Ammo is on Lake Drive in Lana Lakes and open Tuesday through Saturday. You can also visit them online, www.klgunstore.com. You're listening to the Tom Bernard Podcast. <laughs> we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Look at this from Lake Sotheby International Realty. Matt Carlson recognized as Minneapolis St. Paul Magazine as a super real estate. I said super real estate agent. Did you hear me? I heard you. Can you guys hear me? Oh, yeah, we can hear. Oh, AJ, good level there, huh? Yeah, we're going to have to. I'll, I'll, I'll work on it. But, yes, we're all good. We're fine. There's no question about it. Now, Matt, we got a lot to talk about, not only, you know, Lake Sotheby's International Realty and all the rest of it, but uh, Catherine and I are headed down to Key West in the next couple of weeks to have a little dinner with Matt and Kristen. So... Uh, I suppose you better start talking about when when works for you, when works for us, start figuring this thing out. 
I understand that my, my favorite uh, Italian restaurant, and, and by the way, before I finish that sentence, I had a little Italian food last night. I got on the scale yesterday morning and I had dropped a couple of pounds. I was very, very happy about it. One day Italian food last night, gained three pounds. Now I know it's fake and it'll go away, but that's one thing about Italian food that pisses me off, you know? I couldn't agree with you more. I love Italian food. Oh, God, it's wonderful. So my restaurant is still open. The Arandano still is open, which I'm yep. really... And you guys want to go there? Yeah, absolutely. We've been looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be... A, so, so what I'll do is I'll get on the phone with you guys. I'll talk to Catherine, and you talk to Kristen, and we'll figure it out. And when's a good time? We'll probably, I would imagine, come down on a Friday night. And so it's, a, you know, we drive down on Friday after, after a bit and uh, have a little dinner and... I'm looking forward to it because I, I have not been to Key West now in probably about, well, it's about five, six years. Before COVID, I know that. Yeah, you're overdue. Let's do it. Maybe a Friday night or Saturday or something, whatever you guys want. We'll figure it out. I do just love that area. That whole area down there is so magnificent, beautiful, and there's so many things to do. I don't know that people understand that Key West, there's a lot to do there that they don't really know about, whether it's, you know, boat trips or going out, you know, the, a lot of people water skiing, a lot of people riding the, uh, what do they call those things? They look like, see, I'm from Minnesota, as you are, Matt, so it doesn't matter if it's on the water or whatever, it's still a snowmobile to me. Right. <laughs> like a jet ski? <laughs> jet ski, there you go, that's what I'm talking about. So what's new with you, Matt? What's the latest? Uh, you know, Sam, pretty busy down here. Actually, I just got back from Minnesota. I was up there for the last week. Um, oh. Some business, friends, family. I typically go back every other week. I mean, i Oh, do you quite, really? Yeah, quite frequently. You know, I'm here six months in a day every year, you know, because i got to maintain the Florida residency, I suppose. But yeah, I, yep. I love the – like, to me, it's the best of both worlds. You know, I, I live downtown Minneapolis. I've lived there for a long time. I love it here. Um, but you can kind of get island fever. It's a two-by-four mile, you know, so you get the, yes. get, get the big city, you get the small island. You can count on good weather here. Um, oh, yes. Oh, yeah. I, I was kind of looking forward to some snow and cold temperatures in the Twin Cities, but <laughs> it didn't happen. It's not, it's not good for my Florida business. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> no, Matt, look at the crowd. You know, every time I watch the news at night, and there's a big article uh, this morning in the Wall Street Journal, I think it is, about how uh, people who don't have a lot of income are having a bitch of a time buying houses because there's not a lot of inventory, apparently, that's affordable for them. I mean, how do they work out something like that? I mean, obviously... Uh, we're talking about a lot of high-end real estate a lot of time, but I just wanted to run that idea by you that uh, it's got to be tough when you're in that situation. And again, I was when I was a kid that, um, you know, it's got to be when you want to buy a house, you work your butt off and then you find out that the price of poker just went up again and you still can't afford to buy a house that you would like. That's tough, man. It's really tough. You know, I bought my first house right out of college in the year 2000 and, you know, the prices were kind of normal. Everybody mm -hmm. was making kind of decent money. You could buy a decent house. I bought a house in St. Louis Park for, I think, 160000 uh, that needed <laughs> a lot of work. I, I think it'd be four hundred now had I kept it. Um, yeah, yeah. But I, I honestly, like, I kind of feel sorry for the youngest generation. Um, yes. Cause, you know, I don't think incomes are really up that terrifically. And everything else is so expensive. And, I mean, this last week, I had a first-time buyer. We wrote an offer on a condo in St. Paul. 
and it was like 180,000 or something. Full price, no inspection, closed quick. It was like five offers. We lost it. So I mean, stuff stuff on the low end in the Twin Cities is still really selling well. Um, yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's you think about 1.7 months of inventory, and it's a strong seller's market. Frankly, there's you know there's a lot right. of buyers. Interest rates are up, but if you're sitting on two or three percent, you're not moving. You know, you're going to stay put. Do you think that we are going to get to that point? Because everybody keeps talking about June. June's the target that uh, that uh, in- interest rate's going to go down in June, and it's going to look much. Do you, do you guys look at it that way? I yeah. I mean, I don't have the crystal ball. I hope right. they go down a little bit. I don't like this. You know, for a couple of years, especially up there, we had. You know, if you had a nice house for three hundred thousand, you'd have forty offers or something. I mean, it right. was just it was just ridiculous trying to advise people. Like, oh, you should, you know, offer 40 grand more on this house or something like that. Um, and now, like, I, I think, you know, something more balanced is better, you know. Yeah. And Matt, do you have advice for people? Because you say, obviously, everybody wants to wait for the interest rates, you know, to go down. Do you advise people to kind of wait it up because adversely they could also go up? Or do you try to tell people just get into the market and when they go down, you can always refinance? Well, you know, it's hard. It's so hard to say. It's hard to advise on that because uh, using just the Twin Cities as an example, like the so little inventory, it is a desirable place to live. Mm. Will prices continue to go up? Well, they have been even since interest rates went up a year ago. You still got to live somewhere. Mm. Um, you know, I mean, the tax benefits, you're paying the mortgage down. Rent, rents are high, too. You know, yeah, <laughs> you know rents, rents also went up, but it's, it's still very doable. You know, I do a, a show with my family every day. You guys, as a matter of fact, you and Kristen should come on that show as well and talk because it's a, it's a, you know, a lot of the same people, but a lot of people that listen to this show listen to this show, that show, that show, and all the rest of it, and they call all the time about, you know, they talk about you and Kristen, and why don't you have them on this show too so we can talk, you know. So, yeah, if we could set that up uh, in the next couple of weeks, that would be great. But I, yeah. I'm going to stay on the phone with you so we can figure out what the perfect time is for Kath and me to hop in the car and come on down and, and hang out. I cannot, like I said, it's been five years. I love going to Key West. We used to go every year, as you know. Um, and I have always loved going there. It's just what a great attitude that place is. Do, do people, I think a lot of people think, oh, Key West is probably really snooty. and it's just, But it's not at all. It's not like that at all. No, there's no room for that here. You don't. Nope. You do not need. You don't want to be wearing like fancy dress clothes out to go. Like, you know, <laughs> go, go eat dinner on Duval. People will look at you crazy. It's uh, <laughs> gym shorts, tank tops, and flip flops is more the more the attitude, which is what I've always liked about it. I mean, before we you know kind of fell in love with Key West, we went to Miami all the time, Miami Beach, which is sure. just the opposite. And then we discovered one time we drove down here, we never went back to Miami Beach again, and that was probably 14 <laughs> years ago, I would say. Yeah, Miami is totally, I love Miami too, but it's completely different than, let's say, Palm Beach, then you got Miami, then you got Key West. All of them within, what, about 110 miles of each other, but phenomenal, totally different, but phenomenal in their own way. I love that about South Florida. I think, like, just in the state of Florida, there is such a different, like, attitude and different type of experience, depending on whether you like to go to Naples or, you know, Palm Beach, Miami, Key West, Orlando, Tampa, St. Pete's gotten really popular. Um, but there's really only one Key West, I think, you know, and it's, yes. for the, it's, it's, it's maybe, you know, it's maybe not for everybody, um, but for people who love it, they love it, you know. 
Now, from what I've seen, because I was doing a little comparison about, you know, real estate is more expensive than it's been in a while. But if you compare real estate in Key West, which everybody thinks, a lot of people for some reason, Matt, think that if I'm going to buy a house in Key West, I'm going to have to spend $3 million. And it's like, no. That's, no. You can, but you don't have to. You, I mean, I have a listing right now, not far. I live, I live in Old Town, Key West, and I have a listing Ooh, that's like... Love it. <laughs> 550 square feet it's a one bedroom one bath you share one a pool with one other person it's perfect for just like a getaway it's like 700,000 still a lot of money obviously but like it's it's doable and you find ways to save money here by not having a car and you right. know some of that stuff and in honestly like eating and drinking out it's really not that bad um i think it's lower actually than downtown minneapolis from what i've seen lately because there's so much yeah. competition yep. yep there's no question well i'm glad you came back on how do people reach out to you uh, website onekeywest.com or else my cell phone number is 612-791-2345. And you and Kristen still do business in Minnesota as well, right? We sure do. She just got back. Uh, she, she came home from Minnesota back here. I left and, you know, she's got a lot going on up there too. I mean, we've both been in that market for a long time. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, like I say, it's, it's, it's fun to go back and forth. I, for me, it's hard to be there a hundred percent of the time. It's hard mm-hmm. to be here a hundred percent of the time. So mm-hmm. just been trying to dial that in. And I think other people uh, maybe would like it too. Yeah, we got to lock you guys in because we like next week. You got to have both of you on. That's, I love it when you're both on because you go at each other. I love that. Well, you know, I could tell her like so many times. Don't forget tomorrow morning, ten o'clock. <laughs> and she's like, oh, I have a closing. And the funny thing is, last week when I was setting up with AJ, you know, he gave me like four nice times, and right. I set one. She's like, Yeah, great. Just set it up whenever you can. Like so. Finally, I decided Thursday would be better because I'd be back here and I don't want to get stuck in transit or something. And then, as expected, she has a closing. <laughs> so, but that's a There's good a thing. Shock. No, that is a good thing. You're absolutely yeah. right. It's a yeah. good thing. So here's what we'll yeah. do. I'll talk to Catherine. Catherine's going to a wedding in, uh, in Atlanta this weekend, so she's not going to be around. But when she gets back, maybe the four of us should get on the phone and, and figure out the perfect time, and, and we'll, we'll get this thing done. It'll be great. Yeah, that sounds like a great plan. All right, pal. Thank you. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Sounds good. Thanks a lot. Matt Carlson, ladies and gentlemen, recognized by Minneapolis-St. Paul as a super real estate agent, has been selling homes since 2002. Again, onekeywest.com, www.onekeywest.com. That's onekeywest.com. We'll take a break. Be right back. Kristen Burt will join us right after this. Hello, I'm Brad Huckle, President and Chief Lending Officer at North American Banking Company. And I'm Michael Bilski, CEO at North American Banking Company. As a locally owned and operated community bank, we work with many multi-generational businesses. Take personal care dentistry of Roseville, for example. Dr. Walter Hunt, also known as Painless to me, has been a longtime customer of the bank since we opened the bank in 1998. When his son Kyle was ready to join the practice, they wanted to expand quickly. With their additional space and equipment, they now are able to see more patients each day while providing the same level of care and service. Okay, guys, I'll take it from here. If you run a family business or any kind of business for that matter, you should be banking with Brad and Mike over at North American Banking Company. Every time I deal with them or their team, I know I'm working with experienced professional bankers. So why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, equal housing lender. Hi guys, it's Chris Haggard from Channel 5 Morning News, along with my friends Megan Newquist and Ken Barlow. In the morning, we pride ourselves on sharing people's stories. 
I've been lucky enough to be part of this 5 Eyewitness News morning team for more than a decade now. This is where I've raised my kids and working alongside my friends for all these years. We're like a family too. We are family, Chris. Working with you and Ken and Hannah, it is such an honor to help folks start their day every morning on Channel 5. We get to catch people up on the news that's happening, and Hannah is here to keep an eye on the traffic around town. And when it comes to weather, I know people rely on me to plan their day and get their family out the door. Over the last 10 years, there are so many memories and so many laughs. I just love sharing the forecast alongside you guys. I feel the same way, Ken. To all you who start your day with us here on Channel 5, we think of you as family too. Thanks for turning on 5 Eyewitness News in the mornings. The Tom Bernard Show is proud to have partners like North American Banking Company, Bradshaw Bryant, and attorney and advertiser Dave Bielke. I've been advertising on Tom Bernard shows for years. I like Tom, not just because he's a good guy, but because the ads I run on his show bring me new clients that are hurt at work and need legal help. Tommy B works for me. If you'd like to find out more about growing your business with The Tom Bernard Show, go to TomBernardShow.com, keyword partner. You're listening to the Tom Bernard Podcast. Every time we come back to you, you're already smiling. What's that? Do you want me to be grumpy? What the hell? Hey, crabby. No, I do not. I do not want you to be grumpy and crabby. There's no question about that. What's happening, sister? My goodness. Uh, Always busy here in Los Angeles, but I'm sure that... I don't know if you talked about it earlier, but of course, the loss of Richard Lewis was the big news yesterday. So so sad you know and i was trying to remember like what i knew him best from because i know a lot of people probably in the last decade or so it was curb your enthusiasm yeah right but i used to be an avid david letterman viewer back in the day and he was a regular guest because i was like where do i really remember him from Mm -hmm. and it was from his appearances on david letterman he was always hilarious it was indeed Kristen Bird Entertainment News brought to you by North American Banking Company. Go to nabanco.com to learn more. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation because uh, my attorney, well, he's no longer with us, unfortunately. Ron Rosenbaum was a really good friend of, of Richard's. So Richard used to come in all the time and do the show, and I got to know him. I, he and I were acquaintances, I would say. Yeah, we're kind of like pals. We weren't like best friends or anything like that. But I got to know him quite well, and I will tell you, he never shut it off. It wasn't like, I'm on stage, I'm doing this, and now I'm off stage, I'm doing that. It was the same. I don't care where he was or what he's doing. He was the same guy. It was unbelievable. That's got to be hard to be on all the time, though. Well, I wonder I mean, how he relaxed. I would be curious. Well, he might have, you know. <laughs> Although he lived to be 70, what, 74? 76. He was 76. 76. That's right. He was 76. Yeah. Yeah. So he lived to be, that's, a, that's not a bad run, but uh, there are a lot of guys in comedy and in acting and all that stuff that imbibe and things like that. So you, you always wonder. Um, I, he was supposedly sober over the last yeah. almost three decades. Yeah, August 1994 is when okay. he 94. says he was sober. Okay, that's so 30 good. years. That's probably why he lived to be 76. If he had kept it up, he probably would have died at about 46. That's so true. That's absolutely true. But not, yeah. a very nice guy, brilliant man. The funny thing is watching him in person sitting across the table from you doing what he did, you could read his discomfort um, doing it, but it 
you know, it's hard to explain what I mean by that. You could tell discomfort is what drove it in the first place, and he covered it up by being very funny. It was wonderful. He will be missed. I mean, I, that's I that's the thing. Like, we've yeah. lost a lot of comedians in the last five years or so. It's been brutal. It has been really, really bad. And I saw last night on the news, all you people over 65 better get another vaccination. It's like, settle down. for. Are they ever going to For COVID? Yes. Shouldn't you have just been protected for the winter like your flu shot and then called it a day? That's what I thought. But now they want everybody. Uh, apparently, there's a lot of money to be made or something like that, Kristen. I'm not really sure. I thought it was just like once a year. I don't know. Yeah, Call me just, crazy. It's never going to stop with this. I really wish COVID had never happened. Honestly, uh, I, don't I know. think I, everyone would agree with you on that. I Jesus. do not think that there's a single argument on that. Because no. I still feel, I, I don't know, This is. I feel like sometimes when I say this, it's crazy, but it was like this time warp where sometimes I almost feel like, did it actually happen? Yeah. I mean, I know it happened, yep. but it just feels like such a weird period of time in my life and obviously the rest of the world. No, you're absolutely right. And it was little babies and the elderly and this and that. Like I said, I was vaccinated three times, boosted twice, and I still got it twice. So the vaccination did nothing for me. No, they did do something. It didn't kill you. Like, that's the point. You think I'm going to let some disease kick my ass? There's no way, The point of getting the vaccine is to lessen the symptoms, not to... Yes. Nope, you're yeah, wrong. That's like I, a flu shot every year. Like the right. flu could be yeah, it's a like lot, lot flu worse. Shot. Yeah. You're not going to win this argument, Tom. I'm going toe to toe with the disease. That's all I'm telling you. So <laughs> it's going to happen. Ding ding ding. It, the, the point is to ding, not ding, go ding, in the ding, hospital, ding. and the point is not to die. That's why you get the vaccine. I would not want to go into the hospital. That's very very true. No, you do not, and you but don't want to be. I mean, me some off. of those people that had to be intubated. I mean, they once they intubated you, oftentimes that was the last of you with COVID. When before we had all of the vaccines and things like that. You know what's so funny about that is COVID is the reason a lot of things in my life changed because we're in Nashville and COVID was going on and one of the people came to me and she was drunk as hell and she kept leaning into my face. This is during COVID. Like I said, would you please back up? Uh, And I asked her several times. Actually, the third time I asked her, she sneezed in my face. Oh, yeah. And I... And I got COVID about three days later, and it was reported to the company that I attacked her for. I didn't. I said, God damn it, like that. (laughs) That's not really attacking someone. I mean, it's just, seriously, maybe I wish I had died. That's what I Yeah. We don't wish you had died, so we're glad you're here. (laughs) Okay, well, thank you. But I will never forget that COVID affected my life in so many ways because people get drunk, sneeze in your face, you get pissed off. Because there is COVID, and then you're the bad guy? What? Yeah, people had a very laissez-faire kind of attitude about COVID at the beginning of it. I remember yeah, go, yep. like working at a bar, and we knew that everything was going to shut down on Monday. And that Sunday, it was packed. Everybody's like, we got to get this one last party out. <laughs> I remember people being at the bar coughing, and they'd make jokes like, oh, I don't have COVID type of thing. And then the next day, everything was shut down, and everybody yeah. had COVID. Yep. So, yeah. yeah, people didn't take it seriously. It- it changed everybody's world. Mm-hmm. Like, my world does not look the same four years later no. at all. No, it's true. At all. How I work and how I, just even, like, how Hollywood works, not the same. At and, and we'll never return to what it was. No. And, and by the way, I was very lucky because the first time I got it, I hardly had any symptoms at all. I just tested positive. And then the second time I got it, it was a little more severe, but it was still nothing more than a cold. 
I mean, I stayed away from other people, so I didn't infect them. But as far, I was not that sick. I was sicker the second time than I was the first time, but it still wasn't that big a deal. I got really sick the first time. Oh, did you like, really? Really sick, yeah. Like mentally ill? No, <laughs> mentally ill, that's all on my own. Uh, <laughs> I, can I can do that on my own. I don't need COVID. <laughs> no, I, I I got it at a conference in my first work trip, like after all of the craziness. Right. And my producer gave it to me. Yay for me. Um, uh. But I was sick in bed, like flat out for about two weeks. And I would really? say it took me about six weeks to feel better. And then my hair started falling out as a reaction what? to COVID. Uh-huh. Oh, God. If, I, if you go back and look at, like, photos from that time, because I have pretty thick hair. Mm-hmm. It was so thin. Like, it looked like cotton candy. That's what I called it. I was like, I have cotton candy hair. And, like, I would, like, flip over my bangs every which way yeah. to, like, cover up. I had, like, bald spots uh. here. It was bizarre. Um. And it was like an autoimmune reaction to having COVID, which for some reason is something that they, uh, my dermatologist said they were seeing in women and not in men. Do me a favor. Lift up your wig so I can see your bald head. My wig. My big. I got lots of hair. <laughs> <laughs> I got lots of hair. I've always had lots of hair. And yeah. it was crazy all of a sudden to not have lots of mm, hair. Like, right. And I'd be in the shower and there'd be like a and I'm not talking like a little. It would be like a ball of hair, and you're like, "Oh my god!" That's and then the, I got it a second time too, and it was super mild. It was like having just a regular old cold. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's it was very mild the first time, and it was a little tougher this time. But it never nailed me that hard. I like I said, the only reason thanks to your vaccines. All, no, the, it was my personal <laughs> strength and power. That's what did it. It was your superhero. My superhero. Crime for... fighting yes. power. That's exactly right. I just really wish that they hadn't gotten together in some, you know, laboratory over in China and go, hey, how can we make some money? Well, that's a good way. Let's poison everyone. <laughs> Sons of bitches. That's all I have to say. Well, I oughta. <laughs> all right. What else is going on in Hollywood? Um, you know, we've been talking about Paramount Plus. They're gonna they're going to merge with somebody. Now the latest yeah. rumor is that it's yeah. going to be Peacock, which I think is wild. We literally have gone through like every single streamer, maybe except for Netflix, of who yeah. Paramount is gonna merge with. It. But they talked yesterday about what they're doing to cut budgets, and I was like, Oh, none of this is good. Um offshore filming, they're like thumbs up to that because it's too expensive to film the United oh, States. Yeah. Yeah. Not great. Uh, lower budgets overall. So they said, you know, even we're going to look at lower budget movies, things like Mean Girls, which did well for us. We're mm-hmm. not going to look at, and I'm sure they didn't want to say it without saying it, but movies like Mission Impossible, which go over budget, thanks to Tom Cruise. Right. They probably didn't want to mention his name and, and get him upset. Um, they're going to lean more into unscripted. <laughs> That'll be everything from documentaries, of course, to reality shows. And uh, they said that they're really only spending about 50% of what they spent before uh, the strike happened. Really? Yeah. I thought that, I mean, those, everything that they said, I was like, wow. And, you know, they're the ones, they're the streamer and they're the studio that's in the most trouble. That's why they're looking to merge. Mm -hmm. But this is what we're looking at ahead in terms of TV and film, probably in this next five-year period. Yeah. Well, wouldn't that be like CBS merging with NBC? Yeah. 
And we had that in Hulu, remember? Yeah. Hulu originally was owned by several networks. Now it's solely owned by Disney because Disney is Mm -hmm. in the process of buying out Comcast. But this is, and they're trying to do it with sports too. I think that there's, you know, they're trying to do a big conglomerate sports network as well. And if the government allows it, government allows it. Yeah. True. Does this put more pressure when they're cutting the budget? Does it put more pressure on writers because maybe you can't afford a guy like Tom Cruise, but we're going to try and do a Mission Impossible with a new up-and-coming superstar, so we have to make sure that the writing is more on point? Or how does that affect kind of the way they make the movie? Yeah, I, I think that the writing is actually okay. I think it does affect your actors, though, and it affects the A-list actors that don't deliver the way that they used to. They're just not going to be able to make yeah. the money that they used to, and it's why we see them all diversifying very quickly into other industries or you know, owning other industries or becoming spokespeople on social media. You're like, why are they doing this ad? There's a reason they're doing this Mm -hmm. ad. It's Mm -hmm. because they have a lot of overhead. They need the money or they just really like money. And this is the only way they're going to make it because Hollywood is not going to make them the money anymore. What's funny about that is while all this is going on, I think programming is among the best it's ever been. But it's stuff that's already been made. Yeah, that's true. That's where we have to really go. This has been stuff that was either already in the pipeline, Mm -hmm. stuff that was shot either before the strike or was greenlit before the strike. So now we're looking ahead toward the future. So this is stuff that is going to be filmed, let's say, from later 2024 on. And we will see those effects sort of trickle down. I'm just going to say in the next five years or so, because we've, they've got to figure out a way to navigate AI and all of this, navigate the strikes, try to avoid a strike with IATSE this summer, which is mm-hmm. the cruise. Um, I know they're, they're doing a rally this Sunday. And I was like, oh, they, they're willing to strike. And I was like, please don't strike because I'm not sure the entire entertainment industry and cities like New York and Los Angeles can weather through this again. Right. Mm-hmm. No, I think that is true. And will there be some middling shows that, you know, maybe are doing okay, but because there's, you know, bigger shows on the same network that kind of help prop them up and pull them along that end up getting canceled two, three years from now just because of the budget cuts? Yeah, and we're also seeing um, shows like maybe not getting the chance that they would instead of like giving them, oh, we'll we'll see one more season to see Mm -hmm. if the audience kind of latches on. They may be just quicker to cut them off at the first season. I think also, um, and we saw this on Blue Bloods, we saw that the, you know, above the line cast, the the name actors, they all took a 25% pay cut in order to do the final season. We will probably see that happen on some long running shows as well saying, hey, we can get you one more season, but in order to pay the crew, will you take a pay cut? And, you know, most actors are going to say yes because they're already, they're paid very well, mm-hmm. especially they're paid very well in a long-running show. But at the same time, again, that money isn't, you know, you're not going to get that million dollars a season the way the Friends cast got. Right, right. Uh, we could close with this. I'm hoping, because I'm a huge fan of Blue Bloods, I love that show. Very well cast, very well acted, good stories. It's well written. The last episode, I want them to go into the police chief's office. That's Tom Selleck. He'll be writing. He's got a little pen. He's writing on a piece of paper. And maybe Wahlberg could say to him, Chief, what are you doing? I'm applying for a reverse mortgage. They could just (laughs) tie the two together. What do you think? It would be, and they can use the cross promotion and they can pay like a promotional fee and support that episode. 
I just love the fact that let's talk about a reverse mortgage. It's like, no, you don't have enough money. You're doing reverse mortgage commercials. Well, he took over for Robert Wagner. RJ like did did it for a long time. So, you know, it's gotta be, it's like, who's the next person in line behind Tom Selleck? Is it going to be George Clooney? Well, could be. He's (laughs) he's over there in uh, Italy though, living in his, his, uh, he lives in France right now. He's in Provence. I actually just did an article about this because he, he has an estate in Berkshire in the UK and Mm -hmm. it is flooded. Um, the river Thames has flooded and like his backyard, like his backyard, his gardens, his tennis court, his veranda all underwater, and he bought it only about a decade ago, and he has had seven floods since then. Oh, God. So he has to go to Provence and raise the kids there. It's a tough uh, life. Because his wife didn't want the kids to go to school in London or in Los Angeles. Well, what about Italy? He's got that house in Bellagio. It's beautiful. That is their summer home. That is Lake Lake Como. (laughs) (laughs) AJ took that well, by the way. My veranda also flooded, and so I'm kind of... (laughs) Between verandas right now, yeah. I'm like, my condo garage flooded. Does that count? (laughs) All right, young lady, another brilliant report. All right, see you all tomorrow. Looking forward to it. Thank you very much. Kristen Bird Entertainment News brought to you by North American Banking Company. Go to nabanco.com to learn more. Member FDIC, equal housing lender. Okay, uh, we could go on with the show, but I have to apply for a reverse mortgage. Yeah, funny enough, I do too. <laughs> Are those a good idea? I've heard they're not. It's not a good idea. Do you have, you have an opinion? I'm the wrong it? person to ask about a reverse mortgage. I have, yeah, I have, I have I don't no know idea. What, I don't know what it means. Frankly, I don't know what a normal mortgage is. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, there you have it. We will talk to you guys tomorrow.